The MLS keeps growing and growing. So today we have a special guest, a sports journalist that covers MLS, the U.S. men's national team as well, Michele Giannone from TUDN Univision, also the Husky's own podcast, U.S. Football Pod. So let's listen to this amazing interview with Michele. You are listening to Footbox USA, an exclusive podcast from Footbox. Welcome to Footbox USA. Today we have a special podcast, an episode with a special guest, Michele Giannone, a sports journalist, sideline reporter for 2DN, uh, for the MLS, uh, Univision. So welcome, Michele. I'm with Patrick Mijan, Diego Arrioja. Uh, this is your home. We're going to talk about MLS, everything about MLS, about also your experience covering the sport. So, Michele, well, welcome to this podcast. Hi, guys. Thank you so much for having me. How are you? Oh, good to have you here. Uh, obviously, one of the uh, leading voices recent in the MLS in Spanish in the US, so we're excited. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. That's, that's an honor. I'll follow you guys on social media and all you guys do, and it's and you guys are great too. So, Miguel, t- tell us a little bit about, about your, your experience. You've been covering the MLS for how long? Uh, right now, you're working with uh, the, the DNA, uh, Univision, and also covering for MLS. Uh, covering the U.S. men's national team, but also you have your podcast, right? So tell us a little bit about what, what you're doing right now. <laughs> yeah, well, well, I started covering the league in, I started with Univision when it was just Univis- Univision Deportes in 2014 in Miami. Uh, I started covering uh, MLS and, and the USMNT. And then, well, with Univision, I moved to Mexico in 2015 to Mexico City. I was living there for two years. And those two years, I stepped away from from Major League Soccer in USMNT. I was covering uh, Liga MX and everything in Mexico. Because you know, when you're in Mexico, that's <laughs> that's <laughs> it, nothing, nothing, nothing. It's more important than than Liga MX. And then in 2017, Univision gave me the opportunity to move back uh, to the US, and I came to San Diego. They wanted me to live in LA, but I said, no, no chance. I'm not gonna deal with with LA. That traffic, I don't like it a lot. So um, at all, so I, I'm, I'm living in San Diego and I restarted and it in that time uh, LAFC was the idea of LAFC was announced with the Carlos Vela signing and then eventually Chicharito uh, came two years after. So it's been growing a lot and I've been fortunate to have those two big teams here in Major League Soccer and on this side. And then even here in San Diego with the San Diego Loyal, with Landon Donovan, and it's also a big, a big time team for the USL that hopefully it can become a, a major league soccer one day. Uh, now we have the NWSL team with the San Diego Wave. So San Diego has always been like a big soccer city. Um, even when I was, um, before I started moving here, I, I covered Cholos in two Liguillas straight. And people that, and you could see it on the Cholo Stadium, uh, they were telling me that almost 50% of their ticket sales were coming from San Diego, from the San Isidro side. So San Diego is a big, big soccer market in the US. So, so yeah, that's why I started like picking up a lot of major league soccer, covering LA Galaxy, LAFC, and still traveling with the US men's national team everywhere. Hopefully now after uh, failing, going to Russia with them, I still went to the World Cup, but not like following them. Um, now we get the chance to go to Qatar, knock on wood, and and yeah, it's it's been fun. I mean, it's it's difficult sometimes with Major League Soccer because you don't get um, the attention that I think the league uh, deserves. 
but but I understand that or market and I understand where I work. I work at Univision like you Diego and and TUDN and we know that Liga MX it's what takes the most attention and the most eyeballs but um, especially this season it's it's been a great start so I'm super excited and now with Seattle winning CONCACAF Champions League it gave like another depth another level to what we can start seeing coming um, to the league so I'm very very excited for what's coming in the next few years. Yeah, and it was just what I was going to ask because you, you've worked with Liga MX, covering Liga MX, you've worked with MLS, and just recently Seattle won the CONCACAF Champions League. So if you can, what are your thoughts on what's to come for MLS? I mean, obviously, they're not going to catch really soon on titles or anything else, but seeing an MLS side in the Club World Cup, being in the international stage, Uh, what's next to come? Do you think more MLS teams will focus their attention more on this competition? What are your thoughts? Yeah, I think, well, to start with, and, and you're in Seattle, Diego, um, if an MLS team should have won the first one, it had to be Seattle, right? I mean, it, it had to be Seattle, and I'm super happy that uh, they did it. And when I was talking with them, I've always had this thing, thing that bothered me. Like I was uh, last year, remember last year I was in Kansas City when for a US, um, no, for a League's Cup game between Leon and, and Sporting Kansas City. And literally, uh, Peter Vermes put literally like the the Sporting Kansas City 2 as a starting lineup. He rests all the players. Like sometimes Major League Soccer, I don't think they haven't understand what international level and international play and international glory means. And then Leon came with their first team. They won, I think that game ended up like 5-1 or 6-1, something like that. But it was done like in 20 minutes. Leon scored like four goals. And that's something that you also see in the US Open Cup. Like sometimes people, uh, teams and people in MLS, they just care about winning Major League Soccer. And when you talk with people like um, Garth, uh, Lager, Lagerway, um, the Seattle GM, that he lost on that CONCACAF Champions League final against Monterrey when he was the general manager in Real Salt Lake. And he, he mentioned it's the worst day of my life, personal and professional. So And he's been striving to do that again, and he just made it with Seattle Sounders. And that's something that uh, hopefully people can understand, people like him, what On, understand what it means to go to a World Cup uh, club tournament. When when you spoke with uh, players at Seattle Sounders, they were, yeah, it's it's awesome to win the the uh, Concacaf Champions League trophy, the first one for Major League Soccer. But it's just going to that now having the opportunity to play against Real Madrid or Liverpool, whoever wins the the Champions League. That window, I think, when Major League Soccer teams see that they say oh my god that that could have been us like th that's that's so cool so i think that that needed to happen a major league soccer going to a world cup uh club to a world cup club competition to understand that whoa this level of competition exists because it's not the same when you get like um european teams coming in the summer to play like preseason games and you fill the stadium it's not the same now you're playing against real madrid liverpool manchester city bayern munich for a title so that i think that's that's pretty cool and that's gonna open eyes and hopefully major league soccer uh clubs understand what it's 
what it, what how cool and how awesome it's it's to be there, no? And having those challenges. Yeah, no, I think because you touched a really good point. I, I think it's a breaking point for for yeah. MLS, right? After winning this Concacaf Champions League, as you say, Garth Lagerway understood from the beginning, right? And even I had the opportunity to, to go to the games, and he was saying even on MLS games, you say like, hey. This is the most important game in our club's history, so yeah. we need to take it seriously. So I hope, like other teams, as you mentioned, really understand. But I think I wanted to ask you too because you, you're a, a silent reporter. Go to games. Uh, yesterday, you you were in, in a in a game. Well, you can tell us a little bit about that experience, like a, for ten a ten hour game uh, in Columbus. But uh, does it? I think the fan because I seen on Twitter too. Like the, even the Sounders fans, they don't really still get it. What the Concacaf Champions League. Uh, title means right yeah. or going to uh to that uh, stage and they, they say well it's not the mls cup so like okay i don't <laughs> care but do you still see that across the us when you go to to cover different games in, in in specific stadiums yeah yeah i see it and that's the thing that that still like i'm i'm telling you it bothers me a, a little bit and we see it i was talking um this with steve Sharondolo, um the lfc coach to two weeks ago, I was at their camp doing some interviews, prepping because we're, we broadcasted their game last week, uh, this week, and we're going to broadcast their game next week against San Jose. So I've been doing a lot of things with LAFC. And he's a guy that played his whole career in Germany and with Hanover. He didn't play a, um, as a player on Major League Soccer. So he understands that culture of playing and winning and challenging teams and players to thrive in their intern in the international level and you see it in the u.s open cup a lot of major league soccer teams don't take it seriously and put like like last year sporting casa city with with leagues cup um second teams or they rest all of their players and lafc with the u.s open cup and major league soccer that it's it had a midweek um week uh, last week they played Wednesday again Austin and Sherondolo has hasn't rested anyone he's been playing a strong lineup every week and he said man it's US Open Cup it's a title we want to win everything we we, we want to play and US Open Cup gives you a direct spot to the next CONCACAF Champions League so it's an opportunity to you don't have to win MLS Cup to go to it um, Champions League and play international. Just win US Open Cup, and and that's the mentality that I think. And hopefully, people, as the soccer grows, keeps growing here in the US. People like Sharondolo that had that European experience and European mentality and culture of fighting everything. Like you see it on on, on the Premier League. Like the Premier League, of obviously it's it's the main thing, but people kill to win the FA Cup. For example, right in in Italy, Coppa Italia. Um, I, I don't know. It's hopefully um, what what's happening right now with Seattle, with people like Steve Sherondolo coming to to the. It, how cool it will it would be for LAFC to win the double like MLS Cup and US Open Cup. We need a team that wins both and open their eyes to the rest, to the rest, to the rest of the league. It's like, hey, it's possible, and why not? This is what we play to to win trophies. So um, I think I think starting to, to let's change. talk about LAFC and Cherundolo because obviously he came in with zero experience and uh, I think there was a lot of doubts. But he probably has one of the best teams in the MLS right now. Obviously a great 
great roster. So yeah, what do you have? What have you seen uh, that you liked from his from his team, and what are your kind of predictions to finish out the season for them? Yeah, well, it's been a very, it's been a quick. I'm not gonna say culture, but mood change inside LAFC. At the end, I don't think a lot of the players um, tolerated and loved Bob Bradley. Um, he can be a lot of. I mean, we know Bob Bradley. He has a difficult character sometimes, yeah. and I can tell you, players love Sharondolo. They love him. I, I was speaking with with even with Carlos, with Carlos Vela, with Kelly Acosta, Ilya Sanchez, which I think it's been uh, the best defensive midfielder this year on MLS, and Ilya, who who played for Peter Vermes for a long for a long time in Sporting Kansas City. And he was a free agent at the end of this year and came to LAFC. And he told me, I came just for Steve Sherondolo. Like I had a 20 minute conversation on the phone with him and he convinced me. And he had a lot of offers around MLS, MLS and said, I picked um, LAFC because of Sherondolo. Kelly Acosta, uh, he's been on, on he, he grew up on Dallas. He played on Dallas. He played on, on Colorado Rapids. And now he says, The thing with Sharondol is that he he recently retired and he's super into he told me two things that that struck me the most. One is like I treat them as people first and then players and everything else it's gonna set it set up by by itself like the tactics tactics uh group meetings etc everything will come into place if we can create an atmosphere that we enjoy being here every day. So I think the players are 100% bought in. I think Carlos Vela is going to stay because he's he has a great connection with Steve Sharondolo and he has like um, revived that flame to stay on him on Major League Soccer because I'm, I'm telling you this from, from straight sources, like he, he had it with Bob Bradley, like he wanted out and him and um, his family, his wife, At the, at the beginning of the year uh, were pushing for a move to Europe. They, their best case scenario was moving back to Europe, but now Carlos is like um, reinvested on staying on LAFC. They think now they have a really good team like to win US Open Cup and MLS Cup supporter shields and everything. And and yeah, it's Sherondolo has been a, a mood change for the better. And it's been, I, it's everybody's in love with him. Uh, so talking about LAFC and you put a, do you put them from your perspective as the favorites to win it all, or is there any other team uh, on the in the East uh, Eastern Conference, for example, Philly, or the actual champions of your city FC? Which one would be your your team to to take the MLS Cup? Yeah, I think I think there's uh, New York City FC on the East and LAFC on the West, and then there's a big gap, and then Philly, uh, Austin. Um, Uh, Seattle's gonna it's gonna climb up and and, and get into a playoff that's for sure um, but yeah I think there's a big big gap between those two because New York City FC when they want to play and they play in transition those Brazilians up front with Tati Cassiano the thing is that we don't know if Tati's gonna stay I don't think he's gonna stay I think he's gonna leave uh, to Europe in the summer um, but I think they have the pieces to replace him like yesterday he didn't play and they still beat Chicago which is another story Chicago it's It's a. We can talk about that later. It's just a mess, but yeah, I think it's it's LAFC, New York City FC, then then a gap, Philly, and then an, a huge gap with the rest of the league for now. 
Yeah, I think the fight definitely is uh, like I, I think we can see the clear favorites on in each conference, but then the rest of the pack is like really close, and to see how they close it out. Um, and I wanted to kind of go more into an individual uh, because Sheridan Shakiri is the top earner in MLS. He's had a quiet season, um, and obviously it, it brings it takes this to a whole different conversation on like what type of players should the MLS bring, but. If you can take us through what you think of Sheridan Shakiri's time so far, and if he can maybe turn it up. I mean, he's he's been disappointed, disappointing, and the whole team has been really disappointing. I was super high on them at the beginning of the year. Um, I think they're gonna get better because now they got Chris Mueller, now Jairo Torres. It's it's here, and I think Jairo can be a he has the talent to be a best eleven on Major League Soccer, but he's been disappointed in the sense that, like you you mentioned, he's making, what, it's $8.4 million or something? 8.4? I mean, he's like $2 million above Chicharito, and he's by far the best player um, paid in the league. So the production is not there. And it's something that we start seeing on MLS um, since a couple of years now that I don't know why the teams make these whole investments. Like, for example, he was making like two or three million dollars uh, at Lyon where he was. Like, wh why did you go to 8.4? Why? Was it necessary? He, was, he, was, he wasn't gonna get more than what he was making at Lyon anywhere in the world. So now we see like sometimes Major League Soccer like overthink this. And we're, we saw it with, with, we're seeing it with Iwain in Inter Miami, Inter Miami with, with Pizarro, um, even Galaxy. Chiellini, huh? maybe. Chiellini, maybe. Chiellini, maybe. Well, I think that that's a TAM deal. So we can talk about that. It's not, it's not that bad. Um, if, if, if you're, if you're giving Chiellini a DP deal, then yeah, let's burn everything down. But, but yeah, I, I mean, we're talking about a team that it's last. Not in the Western Conference. They're dead last in the league. They haven't won a game in 10 games, including US Open Cup, with seven losses. And yeah, you didn't have Jairo Torres and Chris Miller to start the season, but that's not a, su a sufficient excuse. Like, what about Privilsko that you spent 1.2 in GAM? Um, I'm a big fan of Federico Navarro in the midfield. Gaston Jimenez, who's been kind of a bust. Um, the past two years, but he's been playing better. Um, yeah, yeah they, they have a good defense. Um, they have Slonina on net. So uh, not having good wingers or not having Chris Mueller and, and Jairo Torres for at the beginning of the year, it's not an excuse to be dead last in the whole league, not winning the last 10, losing seven almost in a row. It's um, the fire. It's a tire fire, <laughs> like they say. And and yeah, Shakiri has to has to do better. He has to do better because if not, it, those 8.4 million are it's basically burning money. And he has he has to be at the end of the year. He has to be for that money to work. He has to be on the MVP race, an MVP leading candidate. This team has to be in the playoffs, and he has to be on 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 the best 11 at the end of the year for MLF. If not, the investment doesn't work. I'm sorry, it's eight eight plus million dollars. It's I'm I'm sorry, it doesn't work. It's already like looking like a Mission Impossible, right? For yeah. Chicago Fire. 
Yeah, it's it, it's it's incredible. So so you point out really good cases of uh, I would say failures that come to the to the MLS. Obviously, Sheridan Shakir is, is still too early, right? But uh, let's talk about then what what type of profiles should the MLS be looking for, right? Because we've seen a lot of uh, South American players, and I can give you example from Sounders, right? Covering here that they brought really I would say effective players, not like I would say top-notch players, but they're really really good. Uh, Joao Paulo is one, is one example, right? Last year he was in the MVP race, uh, Nico Lodeo, obviously. But now we've seen younger and younger South Americans coming to the MLS. Do you think that's the, the right path to move forward? Yeah, well, also like invest more in the academy too. And we see it with Seattle Sounders. Now Joao Paulo is gone, but you have Obed Vargas. You have Josh Atencio. Um, uh, the academies work and that saves you money because the, the, the academy players don't make almost anything, but Ove Vargas is like $97,000, something like that for a year. So, um, but yeah, I think, um, I don't know if you go full Atlanta <laughs> and, and, and every and every year spend $15, $17 million going to Argentina and bringing Barco, uh, now Almada. I think Almada is the real deal. I think Almada is going to be better than Barco and, and, and Piti Martinez combined, and he's been showing it but but yeah i think south america it's and, and even mexico i mean what chicago did bring in jairo torres i think it's it's one of the best signings um in the year it's about scouting 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 for your academy and and for other leagues you can go into europe and, and not spend a lot and bring players like um what charlotte did with sidersky for example um that he, he's a very good player and charlotte it's it's gonna be it's gonna be okay I think also um, Miguel Angel Jimenez is a, is a great coach. He's he's the youngest coach in, ML, in Major League Soccer, but I think he's he's great. He's one of those guys that their 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 players love him. So that I think that's important. And but but again, I think it starts especially in Major League Soccer that some, sometimes it's too. Um, I don't I don't want to get this to sound the the wrong way, but it's too American in the sense of like everything. It's too square. So, and everything is like a trickle down and you see it in Seattle. It's, I mean, if, if, if the owner works and he makes a decision, if the owner is working good, then the general manager, then the coach and scouting department, it's, 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 it's like a waterfall, right? So I think Seattle and you see which, which teams are the one that end up winning all the time. The, those that have a good academy system set up, a good ownership, a good general manager, a solid uh, coaching staff that that's gonna show up on the field. It's not about going to like, oh, I'm gonna go and offer Shakiri uh, eight million dollars and we're gonna fix everything. Atlanta, oh, I'm gonna go buy a Argentinian superstar for fifty million dollars and it's gonna just work out. No, you need to work, and and that's that's um and you 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 see it in Atlanta right now. Atlanta, it's been a mess because the ownership has done those decisions that it's been um, head, head scratchers. But now you put in, into place a very talented head coach like Gonzalo Pineda that can navigate through that and fix those internal problems. And now see Joseph Martinez, it's injured, but now he's and he lost, they lost Miles Robinson, they lost um, uh, Osvaldo Alonso, and now he's 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 working it out, and that's what you need. If you have a very well coaching staff and ownership established, um, everything's gonna uh, it's gonna reflect on the field. 
Yeah, you mentioned Miguel Angel Ramirez, who I love that he came to the MLS, mm. and <laughs> he was in a little bit of a controversy um, recently with or quoting or I think it, he said it, but then he said he didn't say it that way. That Messi is not necessary, uh, necessary, yeah, a necessity for the MLS. Mm -hmm. What are your thoughts on that? Because obviously, yeah, he's going to be older, but at, yeah. the, at the end of the day, he's going to be Messi. I mean, still, yeah, you know? so, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I don't think, yeah, another report. Uh, came out and eventually I think Messi is coming to Major League Soccer and he's coming to Inter Miami. That's gonna happen. I don't know if it's gonna happen on next summer or whenever uh, he's coming, but it's, it's gonna happen and it's gonna be in Inter Miami. There's no chance he comes to another team. He has a house in Miami, whatever. But it's Messi and it's probably the best soccer player of all time. It doesn't matter if he's not the same, if he's 40 years yeah. old, it's Messi. And you do everything you can Um, to bring in him um, and in a market like Miami I think the ideal the, the ideal situation is that he comes in the summer when when they open the stadium I think if I'm not yeah. mistaken they, they're hoping that it's going to be ready 2024 maybe or 2025 whatever but I, I don't think Messi is coming next summer uh, that's not the information that I, that, I'm, that I have but who knows but even if he comes later Um, it's Messi, man. <laughs> Even if he's yeah. playing on one leg. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, and I think Messi has the mentality to come here and especially seeing what Iguain has done, that it's not an easy league that's just going to come yeah. here and, and, and walk the field. And I think he knows, especially, you know, Messi, Cristiano, those players are above everything else on the field, like their brand. Like he has to, he knows that when he comes, everyone is going to be watching. Everyone. It's not like when he went to Paris and PSG. I was like, yeah, you guys, no one's gonna watch the the domestic league. Like, give me a break. We're gonna just watch, watch Messi when he's playing yes. Champions League, and that's what happened. Nobody were watching PSG um, during the season on, on, on League One, but when he comes to Major League Soccer, um, he's gonna be a, yeah. a, 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 something that is gonna transcend everything. And, and I think he has the mentality to know that he has to work and, and play yeah. to play well. So I, th I think, I mean, it's, it's, it's messy. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't <laughs> give, give him whatever he wants. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's yeah. a different, yeah, I agree. Different mentality, different level of play, right? And uh, his work ethic, ethic shows. Uh, but let, let, let's, uh, let's uh, shift gears a little bit, uh, Mikel, just, just to finish uh, the interview. but. Because you travel a lot around the U.S. and now, you know, just thinking about 2026, uh, mm -hmm. the World Cup in the U.S., Canada and Mexico. Um, if you had to pick uh, the stadiums and let's put aside New York and L.A. because they're going to get them regardless, mm -hmm. right? Because they're the big cities in the U.S. Which stadiums would you pick? Because I know there's there's a lot of uh, there's going to be some decisions that they need to, to make, right? Including yeah. Seattle and, you know, it's one of them on the West Coast, but also on the East Coast. So from the stadiums that are in the, on the list, Which ones would you pick? Uh, Man, I, I, will, I would love that. And that's the things that, that thing that sucks with MLS stadiums, that they're not big enough for the World Cup. Mm -hmm. um, because I love some of the MLS specific stadium, like Bangkok, California, here in LA. Um, I love um, the new Cincinnati stadium. It's awesome. Um, but I, th I think, wow, it's going to be NFL stadiums right um sadly there's no mls stadium specific stadium even 
the, the biggest one is Nashville with 30,000, so that's not going to work. Um, I think Charlotte, it's like it's it has to be there. I don't know. I don't know. Is Charlotte is in the final list? Yeah. Yeah. Right. I don't know. I don't have the list you, in front of me. No. So we have uh, no Charlotte is, is not there, but it's, it's so Cincinnati is it like a MLS specific stadium, right? We have uh, we have Seattle, San Francisco, um, Levi Stadium, obviously yeah. L- LA. Uh, we have Colorado, and then on these and these well, we have in Texas, I think also. I forgot to mention the at and Stadium, Dallas, right. no-brainer, right? Yeah. But there's Houston, for example, there as well in the, yeah. on the list, right? And yeah, then on those, the East, yeah. Yeah, but Cincinnati, it's not going to be the MLS Stadium because it's it's not that big. I think it's 27,000 or something. Has to so be it, the, it's going to be the yeah. NFL Stadium. Yeah. Yeah, I think, yeah, at and the Cowboy Stadium, it's a must. Um, San Francisco, that the Santa Clara area, speci- specifically mm-hmm. because the area is very accessible. If you're in San Francisco, if you're in San Jose, it's like 15 minutes away from downtown San Jose. Um, even if you you can even drive from Portland or, or Seattle, um, it's a big two markets that you can just drive. Uh, Seattle, I think Lumenfield has to be has to be picked if that if I'm choosing them. Um, well, obviously, like you said, New York is gonna get one. I think the finals should be playing in LA in SoFi Stadium. I've been there several times and it's unbelievable like if you think like if you've been the, if you've been in at&t stadium at the cowboy stadium and you think that's awesome or or, or atlanta has to be there the at the mercedes-benz stadium has to be there and it's amazing but mm-hmm. sofi stadium in la it's just it's it's something that i i've never thought a stadium could be built like that it's it's incredible so i think yeah what um so new york la um san francisco seattle uh, Dallas, obviously, and and Atlanta. I think those will be my my main six yeah. uh, ones, right? Completely agree. Uh, hey, Michele, so we're gonna say goodbye for uh, this food, uh, podcast for Football <laughs> USA, but I just wanted to also mention to follow uh, your uh, social media account. So at Michele G three <laughs> on Twitter, also on Instagram. Uh, Michele, thanks a lot for your time. It's been a pleasure talking to you. Hope you you can come again to Football USA. Here's your your home. Uh, so to talk about soccer and we have more topics to talk about but I wanted to appreciate your time so thanks again for joining Footballs USA no thank you guys it was super fun um, anytime you you want me I'm here I'm every day um, ML- I can talk Major League Soccer and soccer every day of the week year so uh, thank you so much for having me it was super fun and and nothing I'll, whenever you guys here I'm, I'm here it was an honor thanks again Thank you. Thanks for listening to Footbox USA, an exclusive podcast from Footbox.